that is pretty much what's going on. In a nutshell, they borrowed $80,000 worth of clothes, $45,000 for takeoff, um, well, $45,000 for Quavo, and $35,000 for takeoff. And they took off with the clothes. You are now tuned in to Dear Stylist Beyond the Showroom. Grab a cocktail while we uncover the unfashionable side of the industry. Check us out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Dear Stylist. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Thank you for tuning in to Dear Stylist Beyond the Showroom. I am your host, Jane Doe, and we are here with Nancy O. Y'all, I love me some Nancy O. We became fast fashion friends um, just from doing alive together so i'm super excited to have her here today um we're going to get into so many different things but first i wanted to ask you nancy um who are you when you're not a fashion stylist so when i'm not a fashion stylist um i'm a sister i'm a friend um i am a very so outside of that i'm i'm also you know still an entrepreneur i have another business that i run um i help people financially to um, building their credit um so i work on that on the side um, as well as a teacher so but you know right now we're in summer so that's off to the side Um, so that's that's what i am that's who i am um outside of fashion styling so we're pretty much the same. I'm a sister like you. I'm not a mom yet, but not a mom either. <laughs> I'm a super auntie and um, they definitely put me to work. So it's, I wanted to just see who you are before we even get into who you are as a fashion stylist, because a lot of the times we have to market ourselves specifically as fashion stylists stylist. on the internet, which can kind of get in the way of, you know, other talents that we may have or we may find ourselves holding back because we have to focus on pushing one thing so yeah. i didn't need to establish like who you are beyond yeah. that because that's the you know the part we're going to get to anyway right um, also i wanted to ask if there was a world with no fashion styling you said you were teaching do you believe that you would still be on that path or do you see yourself being somewhere else um i i would i would teach but not in the school system i would be like a public speaker um, I would still help people with their finances, um, still help them build their credit. I, was, I would be basically an entrepreneur, businesswoman, public speaker, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be a public speaker. It took me <laughs> to start even talking to anybody. I was just yeah, like, I tell you. It's one of those things where it's like naturally, and I think we've had this conversation. Naturally, I'm an introvert. I don't really, you know, but it's like, I feel called to do it. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to, but it's like, I'm always late. Yeah. That's purpose because, you know, when you don't really feel comfortable doing something or you're trying to do something that's not your lane, you feel like, oh, I don't have to do it. But then you have something on the side of you that pulls you to do it. But damn, here I am. I would have never thought that I was going to take fashion styling and then build sort of like this new situation with it i thought i was going to be cool being behind the scenes yeah as time hey. to have it here you go and we're on the podcast now <laughs> so, i would have never guessed and i'm probably i'm gonna tell you it it wasn't for this virtual uh change i don't know if i will even be on here right now doing a podcast this is an eye-opener this is, is an eye-opener yes because even when i do lives now i love doing that. that's my new way of networking you know, 
Um, and it's like, wow, so I can still be social and not have to like, you know, leave. I can be here and, and meet people. And from the crib and it's still, it feels personal, but it doesn't feel too personal. Like there's boundaries that you can set in place from, you know, the structure. So right. I didn't want to get too um, dependent on it, but yeah. I'm okay with this way of life. <laughs> me, too. me too. Somebody asked me if I wanted to go back. No, this is fine. I'm fine with this. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, the, you know, situations at hand and everything, but, you know, I, I just, I can't help every time to talk about how grateful I am yeah. for this period, you know, so, so yeah. It, it was some good, you know, it, it definitely rained before, you know, the good parts came, but yes. I feel like once it's all over and I do have hope in my heart that there will be an over point. Yeah. I think that, um, I'm starting to see a change in people on how they're dealing with things. I'm, I'm not hearing as many excuses. I'm, I'm starting yeah. to see more people putting in effort to just go ahead and get it done. So I do have hope for change. And I'm actually super glad to be living during this time because I thought I'd never see it. Right. So, that's yeah. Super cool. But okay. So beyond that, we know who you are when you're not a fashion stylist. Tell us a little bit about your fashion background. Um, okay. So it all started back in college. Um, I'm trying to remember what year was I graduate. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Um, college for me was like what 2011 2012 somewhere around there 2011 that's when I was in college yeah so um and then that was also around the time where I actually got um my first job maybe like a year before like maybe like that summer period once I graduated high school I was able to get my first job um and you know make my own money I have always had you know a thing for clothes even when I was young um, my mom hated taking me shopping because <laughs> I would pack the whole cart with clothes and stuff like that. Um, but it didn't really take off until like my third year, my junior year of college, when I was able to host a fashion show with a friend of mine for an organization, African student organization. And so from there, that fashion show, we, we produced, the, me and her together produced a full on made a full-on production like it was it was legit. It's a lot of work it is a lot of work and you know we had a great turnout um everybody loved it so from there um i was um somebody referenced me to recommended me um for another fashion show and then i did a pageant and then um i met an amazing lady her name is jenny Rowe. i don't know if you know or have heard of her um she does pr and marketing um she actually um, got me into a bigger fashion show production. And then from there, um, I remember being on her couch and I had like a journal um, with like just a whole bunch of information, like planning out like, okay, I'll do this photo shoot, this, that, and the third. And it was one of those things where um, I didn't even get a chance to like let it sit, sink in. Cause someone like her, she's the type of person like, oh no, you gotta make a business. You gotta, you know. Me. So, yeah. Yeah. Into a business. I'm like, yes. And we need people like you because if I didn't have her at that moment, I probably wouldn't have even started Glow South, you know? Um, and so I came up with a name because I already knew I wanted Glow because already I was already saying like hashtag Glow Baby Glow. I was always saying it. And so I was like, okay, well, we need to figure out how to make Glow make sense. Yeah. 
So um, I sat with her, I put some, you know, names together. So we came up with guiding the looks of others. Mm. And that so well in my spirit. And then the next thing you know, she makes this flyer for me and she posts it. Welcome a new business did it on Instagram. I'm looking like, girl, can I get a chance to breathe first? Like, dang. Listen, I'm and, almost um, desperate. I probably won't post it. <laughs> but I'm one of those people, you telling me something, especially if you're complaining to me about something, I'm like, okay, what's your solution? What's the solution? Absolutely. What do you do about it? Absolutely. And so my first client was actually um, an artist. An artist. Um, she's, she was a Rwandese artist. She was a Rwandan artist um, for a music video, for her music video. And I was also styling um, another artist, a very well-known artist in Nigeria. His name is Ice Prince. Um, You've heard? Yeah. So I'm looking like Ice Prince meeting him talking to him and he's a very you know down to earth down to earth guy it was, it was an amazing experience and so that was kind of how i got started and that was how i also knew that it was meant for me because even throughout that um for, for like that whole music video like helping to work with the videographer um he was amazing um work with like styling um ice prince and and her name is magali pearl that's the Rwandese artist styling her, like just helping to direct it. People were look, asking me if I was the one that was like the creative director. And and I was like, no, I just see the vision and I'm just kind of, you know. It goes hand in hand though. So naturally, fashion stylists most definitely have the most impact as far as creative direction goes. Yeah. Um, next to the photographer. Absolutely. So yeah, that was how I got in. And, you know, it's been a roller coaster of a ride ever since. So. <laughs> definitely a roller coaster and I want to tackle all of those aspects um on this podcast because people see the glamorous part of fashion styling and I say this all the time they see the glamorous part you see the Instagram you see the thousands of dollars in clothes but you don't really see the blood real blood real sweat real tears behind the scenes that's shedding and Stylists not getting the recognition they deserve, or stylists not getting the platform they deserve, or and we'll get into more of that because I actually have an article that I want to read. But okay. I think is I'm so happy about how empowered stylists are now, how yeah. they're taking back the industry and starting to create a new means to what's going on. Of course, we have our people that give us bad reps, but overall. I, I feel like we the truth is starting to come out. So I'm excited right. about that. Right, right. Speaking of the truth, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I have been researching it a lot. And I actually got this article from the Neighborhood Talk. And they okay. received some of their information from Hip Hop DX. So I also looked at that article there. Um, and it's pretty much saying, okay, according to Hip Hop DX, Rappers Quavo and Takeoff have been accused of stealing $80,000 in clothes from a fashion stylist. Stylist company Luca Lorena allegedly had a deal with the two where, it will, where they would purchase thousands of dollars worth of luxury upon their approval. In return, the rappers were supposed to pay for the clothes as well as pay them an additional 20% fashion styling fee. Instead, mm. the company says that the rappers now have went ghost, but they keep wearing the clothes. Mm. In the lawsuit, Lorena says that Migos used their agents to stonewall and intimidate the company. The rappers have still yet to pay the $35,000 that Takeoff owes and the $44,000 that Quavo owes. Um, Offset isn't off the hook either. He refused to provide his social security number 
for filing purposes for the company's taxes. Um, so, uh, but he's also at fault. Quavo was photographed wearing one of the Chanel pieces at the 2019 Rolling Loud Festival shortly after. Hopefully the trio. Okay, cool. That is pretty much what's going on. In a nutshell, they borrowed $80,000 worth of clothes, $45,000 for a takeoff, um, well, $45,000 for Quavo and $35,000 for takeoff. And they took off with the clothes. <laughs> Listen, it, I got so many emotions when I read this article. That's why I wanted to actually start this podcast with this. What are your thoughts on this article before we even get started to the question? That is so, like, devastating. That is so, so devastating. Like, I feel for the stylist, like, $80,000 worth of clothes. Like, it's frustrating, especially, like, and this is no, you know, celebrity stylist and stuff like that. Like, this was actually the perfect reason as to why I genuinely prefer working with regular people. Yep. <laughs> I love working with regular because I've met some good celebrities, you know, but majority of them get on my nerve because you can flaunt and do all these things. But when it comes down to it, y'all be the main ones complaining about, like, oh, Migos, like, I'm thinking it's nothing for them to drop 80 bands. Like, I see y'all on social media. media. Exactly. It it really bothers me. And picture, imagine being a stylist feeling like, oh, I'm about to make a $16,000 commission off the Migos. I'm I'm lit. I'm excited. And then they go, go, take the clothes, and your commission is gone. So you probably are in debt. Like, with all the confidence, you wearing stolen clothes, you should be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) And then we'll get on the radio and say, I don't need a stylist. I'm pretty sure I can find a Migo lyric that says, I don't need a stylist. I'm I, sure. think, I, I think so. And then there were, there even when people comment that stuff, it's like, let's don't even say that. Say you can't afford one. Let's Period. be very clear. Period. Just say so you can't afford one and go sit down somewhere. It's okay. Nobody's going to fault you. Okay. That's my take on it. <laughs> like, that get real frustrated when I say, oh, I don't need a stylist. You can't afford one. Yeah, because this is more embarrassing because now you're showing that you can't afford the stylist you claim to not need. Not need. It's just so many things that are wrong with this whole picture. Migos could have did something differently. The stylist could have also done something differently. And the company could have used a discernment. I think sometimes we get caught up in following. We get caught up in a supposed money. We don't know these people's circumstances in real life, real life. And we have the tools now where all of us can look like we have a little change on us even if we don't have anything so i feel like there were so many things that were probably missed before yeah. getting to the point where they not only lose eighty thousand in clothes they now have to be sued so my question for you is at for the stylist well actually before we even get to that point as a future showroom owner, yes. what could you do to avoid being in a situation like that? Speaking from a showroom point of view. I need everything in writing. Like, I need it in writing. If you are not able to provide the necessary... You even mentioned he's not. he wasn't able to give up his social security. Yep. I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. you because because if, if you, you want me to give up something that's very vital, very valuable, I need you to, you know, exchange that. So if, if I can't get that from you, then we can't, we can't, you know. 
because that's what most people don't understand like most of the clothes that people were we don't own the clothes this is this is like a boutique trusting us with something so we have that trust like because now it's like a domino effect you you you've taken the clothes back now I look bad to this boutique owner or wherever I got the clothes from. They probably don't ever want to work with me again. If somebody comes to them about me, they're probably going to say something about me. So it's like, they are because it's very small, especially in cities like LA and New York. It might seem that since these are bigger networks for fashion styling, that it would be big, but no, they're very small. They all know each other. They frequent the same places. And I just... I don't, as the stylist, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I would, I would have to have cooled off first, <laughs> but you, you put your trust in these people and then now you're looking crazy, but contracts are super important because it sets the terms from the beginning. So even if you come up short or you don't pay your way, you know, the result is still the same. They're going to court at this point. Yeah, like, if you're on that level to where you're receiving, you said 20% commission from, you need a lawyer by your side. You need real, not, not the fake contract little thing that we do know. It's like, that's real money. So it's one of those things where you got to look past the fact that they're Migos. I don't, yeah. like, you got to really, you got to look at them like regular human, human beings and make sure you set yourself up to where if they mess up, then it's like, all right, I'm gonna get you the other way. You got it. You have to really protect yourself. I think we get so caught up in that celebrity, you know, celebrity shenanigan. And it's like, <laughs> most people don't know that it's like some of these people really ain't got it like that, you know? A lot of them don't, which is why, but they have that following and that notoriety, that social media backing. So they're like, hey, you can get exposure. And I can honestly say, celebrities don't really give me exposure. Um, my greatest projects and my most viral projects are from regular models or everyday people, everyday people. from that. But this article kind of had me curious about what the process was because who just hands over? I was about to ask that. $80,000 in clothes. Where was she? Did they, did they snatch it and run? I, that's hey, one so of the most Somebody curious. dropped the ball and I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's the showroom that cleared it. If the stylist dropped the ball, I also want to know if the stylist used their credit card. Who put the insurance down in order for them to be able to leave with 80000 in clothes? Like, yeah. That's the part I'm curious about because somebody, if not everybody, dropped the ball. Somebody must have overlooked that situation and been like, oh, this this amigos, I'll put my card down for them and I'm going to go get my clothes from this place or Maybe the showroom was like, okay, we got you, but just post us on Instagram or just do this. Something ain't adding up, but now they're in court. So as a fashion stylist, what do you think the stylist could have done differently? Um, when I think of $80,000, I'm watching all those clothes <laughs> on the top. You can't tell me nothing. I don't care who you are. Put my card down for no eighty thousand dollars for that's cool. like I'm trying to figure out where did that even how. <laughs> but you know that's by the way like but if I had it, I'm watching all those clothes like a hawk. Like and and it wouldn't even just be me. Like I would have like you know I have an assistant, I have an intern. Everybody, let's roll deep up in here. Like I need every all eyes on every single. If one drops on the floor, somebody's picking it up. You know things like that. Like it's very important. Even. When I work work as a fashion show producer, I always tell the models, 
these are not our clothes. These are the designer's hey. clothes. You know, drag them on the floor, step on them. Respect like, that. Oh, you know? like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because who's gonna pay for it? Not me. <laughs> y'all y'all gonna pay for it, you know? So that that's that's you know something that I would really pay attention to. Like what 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 happened? Where where is everybody to where these clothes were able to to, to elope like that? <laughs> right. Because them clothes that's way too much money. Way too much. For, but them to even I don't okay. So what do you think the Migos could have done to avoid being sued? What do you think? Do you think there was some, a miscommunication or do you feel like they just was like, okay, we the Migos, we don't have to. Cause you see in the article, they said that they also use people to intimidate the fashion styling company. Um, what did they say? To intimidate them into, they pretty much tried to stonewall and sabotage the company by saying, if you speak out, we gonna harm you. Just pretty much take the ill in peace. <laughs> oh man! So, so you're asking what I would have done, like as amigos, what before threatening people, before it even got to that, what could they have done to avoid this? I personally, I can only speak for myself. I always like to re maintain a good relationship with people, no matter who they are, because especially as a businesswoman. Unless somebody really did you wrong, then I get it why you, you know, act a certain way. But you don't want that kind of negativity roaming around about you. And I guess because they are the Migos, you know, it's like, you know, it's the hype. But what I would have done differently, I, if I can't afford it, if we, if that's not what we're trying to do, let's cut it, cut it in half. Let's, okay, maybe we don't need 100 outfits. Maybe we just need three. You know, something along those lines. Like, maybe you don't need 80,000 in clothes. Maybe just 800. Maybe something 800, you know. The L on, but to have them. Or I'm like, sure they got a big closet. They can pull stuff from their own closet if since that we don't need a stylist, you know. But it's that big. You, you have to be responsible. The client has to be responsible. I'm not letting anybody borrow $80,000 worth of clothes. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care what you said you was going to do. <laughs> $80,000? That is student loans for people. That is a whole house payment. That is a year's salary. That is a few cars. I'm not playing with $80,000 in no wow. So what also is a little weird to me is the math. So mm -hmm. we have the 35000 that they said from takeoff and then we have the Forty-four thousand from Quavo, so that would make the eighty thousand. How much did Offset run off with? Because his number wasn't so. It was it even more than eighty thousand dollars in clothes. It's a lot of holes. There are some holes in the story. Yeah, but the overall thing is, if you're a fashion stylist and you find yourself in this predicament, <laughs> what do you do? Like what's what's the call to action? Do you call the cops? Do you call? I mean, it would. I don't even know how. Like legally, what can you do? So, cause I, would it be the store or wherever they got the clothes from? Would they be the ones to sue? Because out of the situation, unless they have a contract, unless the the stylist had a contract, she probably probably is not walking away with her commission. Right. The priority is probably going to be to get yeah, the clothes for, for sure. Or, you know, get get a check. You know, so nobody's gonna be worried about your sixteen thousand dollars. So it would it would all depend. Like, 
I want to know if there was a contract in place and if there was, what was on the contract? Because it, you know, it seems like a lot of things were like breached or, you know, a lot of stuff is a little funny. And also uh, the article said that the boutique or the showroom carried Chanel. So it's like a steal within a steal within a steal. It's like a never-ending train. So Nigos got the clothes from the stylist who got it from the styling showroom who got the clothes from Chanel, maybe, or Chanel vendor. Who knows where they got the pieces from? But it's just like a long line of who, who do you hold accountable? Who has to pay for this? It's so many people that are involved. Like, what's the... Who knows? But I do have a question about because uh, we talked a little bit on this, but mm-hmm. we tend to cut celebrity slack a lot of the time. Um, rather it's what they're paying us, we might let them bend the rules sometimes, rather it's the time they show up to set or, or you know, just the small details of the process. Why do you think that is? And if your answer is exposure, has exposure ever been worth it for you? Um, yeah, my answer is exposure. We see like a, a, a celebrity who has 1 million followers and thinks, you know, um, that it's just the greatest thing. But in all honesty, the exposure has left me with sleepless nights, um, uh, broken back, um, stressed out, pimples all over my face, um, broke, broke, broke. Broke, broke, <laughs> like negative, like real bad, you know. So, um, the you know, being known that oh, you know, you work with a celebrity is cool, but you have to figure out what your priorities are. What are your priorities? You know, after I when I first started, after the first couple hypes, it's like okay, cool, I'm good off that. I need to eat, you know. So when people try to like finesse me out of it now, it's like no, because I know what you I don't need this. You're not going to yeah. die if you don't have a fashion stylist. You're not going to be hurt. This is a luxury service. And I think people should always understand that first and foremost. This is not a necessity. And, I, you know, I say this in hoping it doesn't harm our field, but you don't need a stylist unless you need a stylist. Yeah. So if you're going to perpetrate, if you can't afford this service, it's just like going to get a massage subscription. If you can't afford it, don't put your car down. It's not, you don't need this to survive. It's not for you. This is for the people who it's for. Celebrities yeah. included. They try to get you with the, I've probably worked with many A-list, many reality stars. I've done billboards and TV. I have 5,000 followers <laughs> to this <Right>. day. <laughs> it, it didn't really, it didn't increase my following. Um, I get a lot of reposts from you know, the big blogs, like the shade rooms, the ball alerts. I never get tagged in those. Mm-hmm. The exposure, because what they do is when you take pictures, um, do I want to use an example? <laughs> okay, so I started a company for, I'm not going to use the name. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> do I have another situation like this? Mm, whatever okay so (laughs) i started up this celebrity company Mm -hmm. and the celebrity um it was pretty much an apparel line it did really well but 
since this person was connected to a celebrity who had allegations of abuse in the past, that's mm. what the article became about. It was not even about the clothes. It was just about, oh, back in the day, this person hit this person, da 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 da. It everything got lost in translation, and it's been a lot of posts like that. Um, I remember I styled Masika. And um, it was a see-through number. It was really pretty. A designer by the name of Rocky Boston made it here, and it was it was so, it was such a nice dress. So I remember Masika took a picture from the front and then also from the back. Mm-hmm. And ballers are posted uh, Masika taking the picture from the back, and we're just like, "What would you say about this picture?" Or you know, just pretty much switching what it's supposed to be about yeah and she was out here for her birthday having a good time you know you know that's her lane right it was definitely tasteful the outfit was it was very well made but they turned it into something completely different and then that's when you go down a rabbit hole of who she's dated who's her it's just stuff that don't even matter um Mm. So when you get that exposure and you have your looks on the blogs and things like that, those comments, there's always going to be bad comments, no matter how great you do. It's always going to be something. But I'm saying all that to say, I haven't worked with a celebrity yet that has taken my career further than I have. Hmm. So it's just like, why keep giving these people passes? They can afford it. They post their money. Um, all over the media they show that they are all on these sponsored ads they have some sort of coin coming in they could pay you at least your day right they mm-hmm. spend that on food let them tell it so <laughs> that being said um what tips would you give any fashion stylist uh to either avoid being in a situation like this or something that you wish someone would have told you before becoming a fashion stylist um so I would say, make sure you have the right people in your corner. Cause I, I mentioned my friend, Jenny Rowe. Um, she, when I first started, she was really hard on me. Like we're almost like sisters. Um, she was very, very hard on me. Um, and in a sense, like it, I built tough skin cause I was very sensitive. Like I was very sensitive, but um, I, I built a lot of tough, tough skin by being around her, like her work ethic. That's where I like, I almost feel like I became a workaholic based off of like watching her, you know? Um, so I would tell somebody you have the right people in your corner. I will also tell, um, upcoming, um, fashion stylists to make sure they have their priorities in order, know what they're coming there to do. If you just want a photo op, if you want to take pictures with celebrities, if you just want it for the look, make sure you're clear on that. So that way, when your bank account is reflecting negative zero, <laughs> you're not looking like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Followers. <laughs> you know, you're looking for followers, you're looking for increase in followers, but your, your bank account's not, you know, just make sure you have your priorities in order. Yeah. Um, and just get that, just get that tough skin. Understand that it's not going to be easy. Like I have days now that I'm just like looking at glow stuff, like, I don't want to do this no more. Like okay. I live, you know? <laughs> Like, find the strength you know if you need to take a break take take a break come right back to it it's your business it's not going anywhere but just know you know in from the very beginning what you want from it 
and just you know enjoy the journey as you go so that's some great advice some yeah really great advice you know we get the we get the the surface stuff but i think that's some really great advice uh before yeah. i let you go i want to know what do you have coming up going on what do you have coming up next and where can we find you okay so i have a lot of things going on um because i mentioned i also help people build their credit um and i'm also a part of a reality tv show um it's on youtube called real niger ladies of dallas yes yes so season three is coming out this friday so i'm super excited for that um of course glow styles is going through we're currently like under construction so we're working on some stuff thank you jane (laughs) (laughs) i I was like i know i had to say shout out to you um, so I'm, I'm just super excited for this new transition that I'm, I'm going through new journey. Um, Instagram, you can find me at, at it's Nancy O I T S Nancy O. Um, of course I have my glow styles page up there. I have my website in my bio. So I always direct people to my Instagram first and you find everything you need. Everything from there. Yes. Thank you so, so, so much. I don't Thank know, you. Honest, but I have been sneaking a drink every day. <laughs> Okay, so go ahead, girl. It's okay. I just found this. I guess I just found this company. It's a drink company, and they do. Um, this What's the a, name? A henny punch. It's called the Simple Pour. Okay. And they have a henny punch, and it's actually really good, and it gets the job done with just this amount. So nice. Taking my little when sip I do sip. the pod, that's 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 gonna be my sip time because. <laughs> Every other time now, I'm trying to get back in the gym and lose this quarantine weight, so it's water. I feel you. Other than that, but you just a good little drink. Well, thank you. No problem. <laughs> so much uh, for sharing your knowledge, for engaging in this with me, because it was something I was not only confused about, I was just like, this is part of the reason why we're having trouble advancing as fashion stylists because of so much that's going on. So. Your input yeah. is so necessary. I want to thank you so much for kicking off my first episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, this felt, of course, all of our conversations feel natural. So I'm super yeah. glad you lent your time. And yes, you guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you. See you guys next time.